0: Welcome to this bonus TLS long read, produced by NOAA, News Over Audio. If you'd like to listen to more audio articles from the TLS, you can do so on the TLS website or the News Over Audio app. Narrated by NOAA Listen to more of the world's best journalism on the NOAA app or at newsoveraudio.com You are listening to the TLS. This is Scratch the Surface. What Psoriasis Tells Us About Social Outcasts, by Irina Dumitresco, Professor of English Medieval Studies at the University of Bonn, from the issue of March 25, 2022. Only out of ignorance can we give an opinion, writes Sergio del Molino in Skin. The more you know or study or experience something, the more confused and useless your point of view becomes. This insight may explain why Skin, first published in Spanish in 2020, now translated into English by Thomas Bunstead, is such a difficult book to pin down. A collection of fourteen slippery essays, in which Del Molino connects his struggle with chronic psoriasis to that of figures including John Updike, Joseph Stalin and Cindy Lauper, the book defies simple categorization. This is no standard-issue memoir by a unified self who experiences a coherent story and ideally achieves a satisfying epiphany at the end. Instead, Del Molino makes a kaleidoscope of history and literature. The anecdotes he gathers are mirrors that reflect and refract his experience of being in his own scaly skin. To make things even trickier, Del Molino is an unreliable narrator— recalling the brilliant madmen who populate the novels of Vladimir Nabokov, another psoriasis patient, naturally. On the surface, skin is a straightforward attempt to find communion with other sufferers, to feel less alone in the state of being a social outcast. Illness is a bastard form of identity, says Del Molino, pointing out that people with the same disease are more alike than those of the same nationality. His skin condition makes him feel like a monster, but he knows that monsters are fashionable these days, having been reintegrated into polite society. Be they the seductive vampires imagined by Anne Rice and Stephanie Meyer, the regal Amazon who is Grendel's mother, in Maria Devana Hedley's translation of Beowulf, or the jolly friends of the Hotel Transylvania movies, monsters are heroes now. Quote, Like all true monsters, I'm a threat to nobody. I only seek refuge from a world that would come after me with burning torches and pitchforks if it saw me as I am. But there is a twist. What if the monster believes in his own monstrosity, even when no one else does? And so we come to Stalin at his dacha in Sochi, bathing his itchy body in a swimming pool. He invites his close friend, the communist power player Sergei Kirov, on these uncomfortable holidays. Del Molino imagines the encounters between the two men. Kirov is charismatic, in rude health and clear of skin, while Stalin grows ever more jealous as the water magnifies his hideousness. When Kirov is assassinated, under mysterious circumstances, Stalin uses his death as an excuse to purge the party. Millions of people are bundled off to death chambers and labour camps, while Stalin sits at home, scratching his psoriasis with one hand, and using the other to calculate the numbers detained and killed that day. It has been seriously suggested that Stalin was behind Kirov's murder. Del Melino claims, albeit half seriously, that it all began with envy at another's perfect skin. The Stalin chapter is a twisted thought experiment, emblematic of the way Del Melino pushes the boundaries of non-fiction. There is something grotesque about the narcissism of explaining the traumas of world history through the lens of one's own inflammation. Elsewhere, he attributes Updike's creative genius to the same illness, suggesting that Updike made up for the physical inhibition he felt by writing unrestrained prose. Like a superpower, the psoriasis gave him the gift of brilliant idea after brilliant idea. Then again, Del Melino, or more accurately, the mordant, ever-shifting narrator he creates, has anticipated such criticism. Part of the book's point seems to be that the prickling rheumatoid arthritis and social shame that are features of psoriasis are so all-consuming that the sufferer becomes monomaniacal, incapable of understanding anything beyond his own pain. Still, Del Molino's reader is never allowed to rest easy with one conclusion, or even to imagine a steady relation to the speaker. "'Seriousness makes me uncomfortable,' claims this trickster, and part of the pleasure of skin is in seeing how many different places, ideas and objects he can link simply by viewing them through his monster's eye. The statue of Ferdinand the Catholic in Zaragoza's Plaza de San Francisco looking like a bored man on a walk, the hilarious memory of a disappointing first kiss, a former roommate's tarot readings, a Marxian interpretation of girls just want to have fun. He is occasionally serious. In his brief excursus on racism and the taxidermised San Bushman, who was long on display in a museum in Banyoliz, he notes that skin doesn't need to be unhealthy to become a stigma. At other times he is confusing, as when he images Pablo Escobar visiting another Colombian drug lord, Fidel Castano, then taking a shower. None of this helps us understand who Del Molino is, since all he offers is a series of skins, changeable, sheddable, maybe even healable. This could be said of any essay collection, but in Del Molino's case the deflection seems to be intentional there is something he is trying hard not to say. Skin begins with Del Molino, the secret scaly freak, telling his son a bedtime story. The seven-year-old boy does not believe in witches or werewolves or ghosts, but Del Molino is bent on convincing him that monsters exist. It's of the utmost importance that children find forests terrifying, and it's down to the parents to nurture that fear, even if only so that they come running to us for protection. As he jumps from one theme to another, Del Molino glancingly refers to the inscrutable relationship between parent and child, which even at its best has something terrifying about it. Is it the physical closeness, what Del Molino calls a sensuality, far removed from sex, and far more perverse and complex? Or is it the enigmatic reflection, that a child's skinned knee signals mortality and eternity at the same time. We do eventually glimpse a loss so profound it resists description, a moment when Del Molino lowers the mask and lets us see him, but he doesn't let us dwell on it. Nor does the conceit of a secret nation of scratchers ultimately hold. The similarity between a writer going to the hospital to try out a new medicine that promises to save him from rheumatoid arthritis and a despot with the blood of millions on his hands is only superficial. The link between skin that is diseased and skin considered subhuman because of its color is equally tendacious. One has to be far from the anguish of others to be able to make these comparisons so casually. Del Molino's crafty narrator claims that it's impossible to heed the pain of others if our own is constantly filling our ears, but I am not sure that is true. In the end, Del Molino does allow himself a note of sincerity, as well as a straightforward argument. Skin's final chapter begins with the Judean Qumran sect, whose manuscripts, now known as the Dead Sea Scrolls, included a set of rules for the group. Anyone with a disability, deformation or defilement of the skin was held to be impure. They were banned from the community, and prevented from helping with its food production. A similar notion of purity endures today, visible in the scorn healthy, powerful people keep for those unlike them, and in the desperation with which they attempt to keep their youth and beauty. But we are all tainted by age. Living, Del Molino writes is the process by which we lose our purity. The monstrous are the true saints, he contends, who demonstrate vitality through their ability to perturb the neurotically pristine. This is a consoling lesson, and one that goes some way towards justifying the various irritations of the book. But Del Molino's narrator cannot escape his shame. Even once his skin improves, he remains trapped in an intellectual hall of mirrors. Looking at others to avoid looking at himself. You have been listening to the TLS. This was scratch the surface. What Saracis tells us about social outcasts. By Irina Dumitresco from the issue of March the 25th, 2022. It was read by Martin Buchanan for Noah.